Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of the Rise and Shine podcast is presented by Bigelow Tea. The number one tea in America. Choose your perfect flavor from over 150 varieties like Earl Grey and green tea. Available at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or wherever you find your tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Episode 196 of the Rise and Shine podcast presented by a good friend over at Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug and tea proudly. And I am absolutely fired up and proud to have a guy on the podcast who I've wanted to get for a very long time. I've been following him since the high school days. For my money, he is unequivocally the best player in college basketball this year. Coming off of a historic game this week, R.J. Davis, North Carolina superstar, is the featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast presented by Bigelow T. We'll talk to him about his 42-point unbelievable legendary performance on Monday against Miami. We will talk to him about everything all-encompassing North Carolina, his place in North Carolina history. His mom is a school psychologist where my kids go to school, so we'll talk to him about that, about playing at Stepanak, Westchester County, storming the court. We'll get into everything. They got Duke, North Carolina coming up this weekend still for me, the greatest rivalry in all of college basketball without question. So we're getting fired up as the calendar is going to flip later this week to March. And that means March Madness. And that means the NCAA tournament. And that means the new March Madness of NFL free agency. And we are back after a wonderful vacation to Turks and Caicos. What an island, by the way. I hadn't been there in a decade, and I mean, the, the water, the beach, it's just beautiful, most beautiful beach I've, I've ever been on. The water is turquoise, like a gorgeous shade of blue. I love the beach, love the ocean, great time with, with family and friends, just an amazing vacation, and it also gave me some time to absorb some of the conversations we had on Radio Row and how it relates to the NFL free agency period. We had a great spot on Radio Row with DJ Moore, the stud receiver for the Chicago Bears. And listen, he said he would absolutely welcome Caleb Williams to Chicago. And I bring in our senior executive producer, the great Bob Stew, as we always do to start the podcast. And Bob, listen, we're taping this at 1.30 Eastern time 
on Wednesday, the 28th of February. I think it's important to timestamp it, as we always do, because, you know, Justin Fields could be traded by the time we tape the R.J. Davis interview. So, listen, I think there's been a lot of smoke and a lot of fire, and I said this on radio this past Monday. It's time to trade Justin Fields. Trade him over the next 7 to 10 days. Trade him by very latest March 11th for the start of free agency. I don't think there's a major market here when it comes to Justin Fields, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, even though for Atlanta I'd prefer Kirk Cousins or prefer Baker Mayfield. They could always look at a quarterback in the draft as well. Maybe Tampa if Mayfield leaves. And if I was Mayfield, I I would go to the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe the Patriots. I think the value on Fields is a second-round pick. But to me, this is easy. This is obvious. This is a an elite prospect in Caleb Williams, a special prospect. The organization passed on Patrick Mahomes, passed on C.J. Stroud. It's a gift from the sports gods at Carolina. Worst record in the NFL. Number one pick in the draft. I like Justin Fields, but he's still a hypothetical. He's still akin to Sam Darnold's. You know, I still believe in it, but it's, you know, we got to see a body of work and evidence since 2021. In the fourth quarter, the lowest completion percentage in the National Football League. He just doesn't get it done when it matters the most. And yes, the Bears ruined Justin Fields, but taking Caleb Williams number one overall, Bob, to me, that's the easiest decision that Ryan Poles could make. I mean, I agree with you 100%, Adam. I mean, think about it, too, with Justin Fields here. He has 10 wins in his three-year career. That would maybe get you into the playoffs nowadays, three wins, <laughs> 10 wins in, the, in a three-year span, right? I agree with you 100%. I've agreed with you from the start. I knew that the Bears should take Caleb Williams before the end of the football season. It was that obvious. And look, Justin Fields, he got better. He got better as the year went on, right? But... He still couldn't even win the final game of the season versus the Packers, which a lot of people put a lot of pressure on him there, right? He's never beaten the Packers at all in his three-year career with Chicago. And I just I don't understand it from Bears fans who want to keep him. Why would you want to settle for mediocrity? I just I don't understand it. And I don't even know if Justin Fields is mediocre, Adam. I don't even know if he is. He's currently the worst quarterback in that division, especially if the Vikings brought back Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. But also, Adam, like the Steelers are the favorite for Justin Fields, right? If Justin Fields gets traded to the AFC North, he's immediately the worst quarterback in that division. So, so what are we even talking about here, right? And if you look at Super Bowl winners pretty much from the last decade, almost every single one of them had a superstar quarterback. And look, I'm going to exclude Nick Foles from the conversation because they had Carson Wentz, right? And they got the number Who one seed, the Eagles. The MVP that year. Exactly. So they did have a superstar quarterback. It's a little bit different. So I don't understand the, the side of keeping him. You would also have to pay him. And that's another thing, too, that's driving me crazy about Bears fans, Adam, right? People who want to keep Justin Fields, I always ask them the question, well, would you pay Justin Fields? And they say, well, we would maybe we'd pick up the fifth-year option. If you're not going to give him a contract extension, you can't keep him. Why would you keep him? So I think it's a no-brainer. I think they're going to trade Justin Fields also within the next seven to ten days. Adam, I couldn't agree more with your take. We're on the exact same page. Here. We had a great interview with Justin Jefferson, and it was one that made a lot of news, sweeping the nation. Justin Jefferson telling us he wants to break the bank in his Contract negotiations, when you take a look at everything going on with the Minnesota Vikings, they have an offer on the table, Bob. I was told this after we did the interview that would make him the highest paid wide receiver in the National Football League, but 
He wants even more. And Quincy Delfamenso, the great general manager for the Vikings, told the press at the Combine this week they aren't even considering trading Kim when it's all said and done, which I believe. No one wants to trade him. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He is the ultimate marketing tool in, in Minnesota. His popularity in Minnesota for Vikings fans nationwide. The NFL in general is through the roof, so there's even more than football that you're paying Justin Jefferson for. So I think they'll get it done. I think he'll break the bank. But in talking to Jefferson, and this kind of ties in with Fields and Atlanta, listen, you know, they need to re-sign Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is terrific. I think Kirk Cousins wants to stay. I think that Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, wants him to stay. But in a lot of ways, I look at this as a bit of a package deal here. And if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I'm trying to run it back and say, okay, Cousins injury derailed the season. Kirk Cousins, a top 10, top 12 quarterback in the NFL. He demands respect. He was having the best season of his career. Sign him, bring him back, give Justin Jefferson that break-the-bank contract, and I think Minnesota can make the playoffs next season. Yeah, I get it, Adam. But I think there's a lot of risk to bringing back Kirk Cousins. First off, he's coming off the Achilles injuries, 34 years old. Those things really worry me. I mean, they really worry me. I'm sure they worry you, too, in the sense that we don't really know. I'm sure he'll be back for the start of the season, but how effective is Kirk Cousins going to be? I don't know the answer to that question, how good he's going to be. But then that is the risk. If you don't bring back Kirk, you might lose Justin. And I think that really is the risk. Minnesota's like, they're in a really tough spot here. I mean, I because they don't have a great pick, right? I mean, they could be aggressive and trade up. How high can you go? Who can you really get, right? Maybe you get a J.J. McCarthy. Maybe they settle for Penix, Bonix. I don't know, but they might just end up bringing back Cousins anyway, so the conversation might be moot. But I, I just, I think it's, you know, you saw You're Cousins. you about Cousins than I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm he's coming off an Achilles, though, Adam. I think on a one or two year deal with big guarantees. Sure. Whether it's Minnesota. If you could do that. Atlanta. Is Kirk going to do But is Kirk going to take that? Is he because here's the thing that we know about I Kirk think Cousins. Cousins would sign a two-year deal, but it has to be guaranteed. Yeah. Whether it's franchise tag in Washington, multiple deals in, in Minnesota, he doesn't leave a penny on the table. Exactly. But I do think there's going to be competition. Whether it's Atlanta, whether it's Tampa, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's somebody else. I do think there would be competition if he was an unrestricted free agent. So you just mentioned it, Adam. He does. He doesn't leave a penny on the table. Like is Minnesota going to have the biggest offer? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think O'Connell wants him back in the worst possible way. I also yeah. think you make a great point that helps him go back to Minnesota. Draft wise, they're in no man's land. That's what it is. We would have. A, I might have a different take if they had a top ten pick. A hundred percent. But they'd they be moving on. Like they that's don't. that's it. Think about all the teams ahead of them. Whether it's the top oh, three. I know. Or the Giants, yeah. or the Falcons, yeah. or the Broncos, yeah. or the Raiders. <laughs> All these teams they need could be in the quarterback They business. need a quarterback. But that, that's that's what I worry about with the Vikings here, Adam. I mean, it's risky. You bring him back. I, I don't know how much longer he has. But you also just mentioned something, too, that makes a ton of sense. The way he played last year, he was fantastic. I mean, he's yeah. like, he was like, a, like the fifth-best quarterback in the NFL up until he got hurt. He was amazing. Great point. But you can't predict that in the future. I can't pretend like he's going to be a top-five guy again. I mean, he's, he's older, and now he's coming off an Achilles injury. And granted, we know what he looks like in the offense, so of course they want to bring him back. That's what Kevin O'Connell wants him back in the worst way, because look how he ran the offense. I just think there's a lot of risk tied to the situation there. And, and there's risk in both ways. You let him go, you might lose Justin, so you might have to bring him back. Final one for you and for the audience is the Denver quarterback situation. We had Sean Payton on the show on Radio Row, and listen— 
He hates Russell Wilson. <laughs> I feel very comfortable saying that after doing the interview. He can't stand him. And that got everyone's attention. The clip went viral, made national news. And here's what I think. I think that it's just a foregone conclusion. I think Russ is cooked. I think Russ is ego, attitude, all-encompassing. I don't think Russell Wilson's ever going to be entrenched again as a starting quarterback in, in the NFL. And you know that I always stick up for our guy, Sam Darnold. I think <laughs> Sam Darnold, as a free agent playing for Sean Payton, makes a lot of sense. They're going to have to pay Russ well, close to $37 million, even if he's not on the team. So a low-contract, low-money veteran makes Ugh. sense. And I, I can't stop thinking about J.J. McCarthy yeah. from Michigan in Sean Payton's office. I love, listen, I love J.J. McCarthy. I think the top 10 hype is a little insane to me. You know, I, I and I know Michigan was a very run-centric offense at the end of the year, and they, they just did whatever they had to do to win games. And J.J. McCarthy went along for the ride. He made all the throws at the right time. I love his mobility. I, I, I love his short passing game. I think he's incredibly accurate. He makes all the throws. He's really good. I, I hate Sam Darnold. I hate him. I don't, I don't want to see him do. anymore. I don't think he'll ever be a starter again. I understand why it makes sense, but I wouldn't bring in Sam Darnold. Look, if you're going to draft JJ, just let him play, Adam. Just let the guy By play the way, and make even mistakes. If they did both, I could see JJ McCarthy winning that just job. Just let him play. Let him, he, he he played but two years another, in the Harbaugh's offense. I need offense. another quarterback who's not Jared Stidham. 100. percent You you have to. But JJ played two years in, in Jim Harbaugh's offense at Michigan. He lost one game. The guy lost one. He lost to Adam in the in the. He lost to TCU. And it was a game where he put up, like, 50 points. And I know he had the pick six and he played really poorly. He still put up, like, 50 points. We've seen the guy run a professional offense. He, he looks great. I agree. I would like J.J. McCarthy as a Bronco. I just feel like something is going on. I feel like there's too much smoke around the situation for it to happen. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about that I one. think his comp is Alex Smith. And I think Alex Smith is a great comparison who had a really good career. And that would be great for everybody involved. R.J. Davis, feature guest on the Rise and Shine podcast and the Carolina Superstar joins us next. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold Coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Not all tea bags are created equally, and the Bigelow difference is in the details because tea is all they do. The 100% family-owned Bigelow Tea is now the number one tea in America, producing over 2 billion bags in the United States each year. Whether hot or ice, Bigelow Tea takes pride in crafting the best cup of tea possible. From the hand-picked teas to the carefully selected ingredients, all protected in a foil pouch. They've created over 150 healthy and delicious varieties to meet all your needs. From mint medley to lemon ginger plus probiotics to their original constant comments. Don't settle for mediocre. Bigelow ensures you get the absolute perfect cup of tea every single time. Have your favorite flavor by your side as you cheer on your team this season. When I'm watching sports, I always have a cup or two or three of Bigelow tea. I'm obsessed with the I Love Lemon, the orange and spice. And at night, I love watching sports and having a blackberry citrus herbal tea. Plus zinc. It's unbelievable. In the morning, as you download the Rise and Shine podcast, have the classic Bigelow green tea. It is absolutely delicious. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Do what I do. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. The featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast, presented by good friends over at Bigelow Tea, he is my favorite player to watch in all of college basketball. If I had a vote, he would be the player of the year in all of college hoops, a reason why I think North Carolina can win a championship this year. I've been following his career for a very long time, and we'll get into the reasons why. North Carolina superstar, my guy, R.J. Davis. R.J., welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. First and foremost, thank you for having me. But I'm doing well. I can't complain. I mean, you really cannot complain. And <laughs> we're taping this on a Wednesday right after the greatest performance in the history of North Carolina basketball at the Smith Center. And that is no exaggeration. You shattered a record, set the mark for the most points ever at home at the Smith Center 42 points and we put in the request to get you on over the weekend and then you go out and score 42 for us to make this unbelievable seven threes a career high you score 56 percent of the team's points rj how the hell did you do it <laughs> i honestly don't know <laughs> um i really had a good rhythm going into the game i kind of felt good leading up into the game um, my mind was clear. I felt relaxed. I felt composed. And I was really just, just went out there and just played basketball. I didn't really try to force anything. Um, I kind of just let the game come to me. And it really did. And you can tell right from the jump against Miami, you were you were feeling it. So what's that like to be in that rarefied air in terms of being in the zone as an athlete? Because you know, that that bucket must have seemed like you were, you know, throwing it into the ocean. I mean, you were in that rarefied air in terms of a zone. What what did that feel like? When did you realize this was going to be your time to shine? Well, I realized once I hit my, like my first three shots and um, I was like, oh, I feel good. But I didn't think I would expect 42 points. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt good going to the game. And like when you're in that zone, I think it's always like it always feels like a dream. Like you always dream of being in the zones, playing at the highest level, and 
um, you feel like you can't miss. Feels like you're in your backyard or you're at the park just playing with your friends. And let's say you come down, you hit one three, and then now it, it turns into four threes. So like that's the type of zone that I felt I was in, and I even got goosebumps right after the my, my uh, last shot, uh, right on the the left left wing, um, right before the crowd. I hit a pump fake, and I hit the shot. I caught goosebumps like throughout Ooh. my body. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way this is going on right now, and I kind of just blacked out from that moment, and like that's probably like, the greatest feeling I ever felt since I've been in here. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, you gave me the chills and gave me goosebumps <laughs> as as you're describing it. So there are so many stats from the game and stats in general, but I want to hit you with this. You're averaging, and this is before the, the Duke game, 21.7 points per game. That is the fourth highest average in the storied legendary history of North Carolina basketball. If you hit that mark, you will have a higher average than Michael Jordan ever had at North Carolina. What goes through your mind when you hear something like that? <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I'm speechless. Like, that's Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. So <laughs> for my average and for me just to even do that, especially here, um, I mean, that's just an amazing accomplishment. And um, that just shows how much hard work I put into leading up into this year, especially for my senior year. And, I mean, I'm just speechless. I don't really know what to say, what to think, uh, because, you know, being in the conversation of, like, averaging points with Michael Jordan, who's, like, the greatest basketball player of all time, I mean, that's just special right there. It's different. Without question, it's special. Now, you talk about that zone that you were in. You know, the Virginia game, I thought, was a huge deal and a big-time win. It was a game where you didn't shoot the ball well. Let's let's be honest here. But that was a big win for you and for North Carolina to go on the road, beat UVA. Always a a struggle against a, a team like that, and especially for you guys historically, on the road, did that game, even though you didn't shoot it necessarily well, did that kind of win give you confidence heading into the Miami game? I mean, yeah, and just because we haven't won at UVA in so long, like, and I didn't shoot the ball really well, but we got the win. So, and Coach Davis was talking about like whatever it takes to win. Um, that's what we did, and you know, going into the Miami game, you know. For me personally, I didn't shoot the ball really well. I got got a lot of good looks uh, against UVA. I just was able to knock it down as basketball happens. So going to Miami game, I always have like a short term memory in terms of if I'm if I had a bad game or if I missed an assignment. It's always next play mentality, next play game for me. Um, and going into Miami game, Miami game, I felt great, uh, and it, it gave me that confidence just because of we won at UVA and it has been done in like a decade. So uh, and I just wanted to go out there and play basketball, and that's what I did. Winning ACC Player of the Year, what would that mean to you? It would mean the world to me just because of, you know, how my career started and how it's going right now as a freshman. Um, and then kind of just being thrown into the fire uh, off of it as soon as I stepped into campus. And then sophomore year, winning and uh, going to the national championship but losing. And then, you know, junior year, just not having the greatest year as a team. So, just having my through looking out through my career, um, seeing how that went, I always wasn't, you know, the highest rec recognized uh, guy on the team or uh, received a lot of notoriety. So just to receive that award just showed how um, 
much I stayed down and patiently waited my turn and just, you know, kept level-headed throughout uh, as things went along. So how did you get better? And we could go back to high school. We can go where your, your recruiting rank improved from your junior year to your senior year. You just went through the arc as a player, and now we're talking about ACC Player of the Year. I would vote you for, for the Player of the Year in all of college basketball. That, that, that arc that you described, getting better year in, year out. I know you're a gym rat. I know you love hoops what have you worked on year in year out to get your game to where it is right now well first and foremost it was my 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 mindset like I knew I had the talent and whatnot but it was always about just having that mentality just to go out there every game and even in practice just to give my all and not to second guess myself it's like RJ you put all this time and work ethic into your game like why not just go out there and trust your work and believe in yourself so my mental was like the main thing going into this year, senior year. But then also just kind of just sharpening the tools a little bit in terms of my uh, my jump shot, my jump shot release, uh, defense, and then overall being a leader because we had a new group this year, um, a lot of transfers, uh, freshmen come in. So me being a leader, I always was a leader by example, but taking that step further and being more vocal was like the the biggest challenge I think for me um, because I usually leave with my personality, but sometimes I got to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. So that's what I worked on each year. Um, and just, uh, but my, I would probably say the main thing I really focused on and keyed in on was my mental and my confidence. And that's what's, making me skyrocketing right now. I love that with your mental and your confidence. And, and you see that now in your leadership, your play and your execution. And I think that so much of that goes back to last year because, you know, you were coming off of that incredible run to the championship game and, you know, you're number one in the country and you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And then you don't even make the NCAA tournament. So what happened last year? How did that impact how you got yourself right mentally and physically for this year? And why is the team, the chemistry? Because you had a lot to do. Coach Davis had a lot to do. New players, transfers. How did you guys improve the chemistry and the play so much after what transpired a year ago? Yeah, I mean, last year we had a really good team. You know, We had all four uh, remaining starters come back um, with the addition of Pete Nance. So we had a really good team. And with the addition of like our bench players, you know, Puff Johnson, Don Trez, DeMarco Dunn. Um, so, but I just think that we just couldn't really fit the pieces together. Like um, we was always in the games. It wasn't like we was getting blown out, but um, somehow, some way things just didn't work out in terms of just finishing out the game strong. It was always like down to the last four minutes and we maybe just didn't execute well. Um, so a lot of the last year, the little motivation, especially losing the ACC tournament uh, against UVA and not making the tournament, um, definitely you know sat with me a little bit. And I took a step back a little bit as soon as the season was over, just to reflect on the year and just see, you know, what I wanted from my senior year going to my senior year to look like and to what what I envisioned. And Coach Davis and the rest of the coaches staff did a, a phenomenal job of recruiting uh, the transfers, um, the freshmen, and all the new players that came in and with the team that they assembled. Uh, because it's working out perfectly for us. I mean, we're the way we've, you know, kind of just transformed from last year to this year and just kind of playing last year behind us, uh, getting back into playing Carolina basketball and winning games because that, that's Carolina right there. Uh, they did a phenomenal job of doing that. And, you know, we believe in ourselves and uh, we got to just continue to keep doing that and just take it game by game. 
I love that. And I'm sure last year, you know, certainly it's motivation and you learn from it. And also the year before <laughs> as well, because you guys went on that unbelievable run. That Baylor game and performance to me was, I mean, you're smiling right there. I mean, you know what? I'm not even going to finish the question. What do you remember the most about that Baylor game? Because that, that was one of the great games I remember in the last 10 years in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, that game was so wild. Like, So I remember just – Coming out hot, I'm like, I'm feeling it. I think I had like maybe like 15 or 17 in the first half. Yep. And that's when things – and then we go to the second half, and then Brady gets ejected. Um, Caleb fouls out. So I'm like, wow, this is like – and now we're like – we were up 24, and now like Bale is like kind of just chipping away. And I'm just looking around like I'm the only kind of guard out there right now. Um, like kind of like a veteran besides Leaky and Mondo. And the game goes overtime. I'm like, somehow, somewhere, I'm going to have to put this game away. And luckily, I was able to do it with the help of my teammates. And I had a phenomenal game. And that's when the New York Tims meme started with the New York Yankees hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was really just excited <laughs> not to win because that, that game was overall crazy. I probably say the most uh, exciting, but also just nerve wracking game as well. I mean, that, that was batty. So, all right, you guys <laughs> make the run, and I will always and forever believe you could have, should have won that championship, and it was right there for you. And the way you phrased it before was was great. You made the unbelievable run, opportunity to win a championship. We know what happened last year. So now let's put all those experiences together because I watch you, and I love Hubert Davis, love your coach, love your roster this year. You know what it takes. What does this Carolina team need to do to make a run this year in the NCAA tournament? We just have to be disciplined with the little things. I think we're really a, a talented team, and we do all the right things, but I think sometimes we slip up on just, like, the little mistakes and not being disciplined from start to finish. Um, and that's what's going to make us a really good team and a really a championship team because, you know, winning is hard, especially at this level. And, um, we're, gonna, and we're in North Carolina, so we're going to give everyone their best shot at all times. So... We have to be aware of that, but at the same time, just be disciplined and sound with our principles, like especially on the defensive end. I think sometimes you might take plays off, but uh, we want to win, especially win a national championship. That's what's going to have to happen in order for us to get there. What's it like playing Duke? You have Duke this weekend. To me, for my money, it's still the best, most intense, most amazing rivalry in all of college sports, not just basketball, college sports. How do you describe, is it real hate? Is it disdain? Is it about the student body? Is it about history? How would you characterize a North Carolina Duke game? I mean, everything that you see, like, on social media and anticipation of the energy, it's all real. Like, the the rivalry game speaks for itself. But I think um, just the energy level, like, going into the game, like, you just hear from the crowd, even when you're just shooting around and stretching. Um you have you may have fans that are family members and they hate Duke as much as they hate Duke. <laughs> a lot of back and forth. Um, but I mean it's great just to be a part of that rivalry, be part of that history. I mean, what more can you ask for? And it's the greatest rivalry of college basketball, but uh their energy is real, it's always uplifting and uh we're just trying to compete. It's a competitive game and uh one team has to win. So I think on both sides all of us are going to give our all. That's uh, awesome. I mean, it's still my favorite game on on the schedule. Games twice a year on the schedule. Maybe three with the ACC tournament. Storming the courts. Now, you guys are on the opposite side of one. And 
I graduated Syracuse, so I was. It's a rare moment, RJ. I was rooting against you this year mm-hmm. when when Syracuse took care of business. We saw what happened with with Duke and Wake Forest, and you know, listen. Obviously, you know, we saw what happened with Caitlin Clark, a, a very you know a dangerous situation. Where do you stand on a hot button topic in in college athletics now, storming the court? I mean, there's a lot of mixed emotions about it, um, especially in, against like you know high ranked teams and. Um, you know, if a team uh, may win the game. Um, I think it's just more so about like the, the player safety, just making sure like the players are off the court um, and then you can you storm the court because you don't want anyone to get hurt at the end of the day. So I'll probably just say player safety at the number one is the number one at, the, at my uh, of my topic right now. And just, you know, I don't, I don't mind the storm, the court storming because I think it's just a celebration of teams just winning and just so excited for, uh, the built-up anticipation and energy of the game, but at the same time, just make sure like players are are fine and they're off the court and in their safeties first. I like that. That's a great answer. Do you follow any of these NBA mock drafts at all this time of year? Do you get motivated by that? No, not at all. I don't really pay. I don't pay attention to the any of the NBA mock drafts because I just like to stay in the present moment and stay like with what's happening right now and. Um, not really worry too much or get my mind caught up in uh, any mock drafts, just staying in the present moment. I love that. Now, I mentioned, you know, I've been following you forever. So your mother is a school psychologist at the Homics Middle School in the Mamaroneck, New York School District, where where I live and my kids go to school. And she is absolutely beloved. I mean, everybody loves your mom and she's an amazing person, amazing educator. I I also read something, and you could tell me if this is true, that it was your mom who told you the mid-range jump shot might be a strong ticket for you with yeah. your skill set. Is that is that accurate? So not only is she a great teacher and great at what she does, but she encouraged you to shoot the mid-range jump shot. Yeah, hundred percent. Like one thing about my mom is like she she tells the truth and. And, and I know it might sound kind of harsh, but it's sometimes the truth is needed. So she's always like, you know, you're a smaller player and, you know, you're not going to be able, you're not going to go out there and just dunk on people. So I think if you kind of perfect that uh, mid-range jump shot, I think it's like, it'll be unstoppable, especially at my size and my quickness and my ability to shoot. Um, so she was like, because I, I was a floater guy. And she was like, you, you do a good job of the floaters, but if you could get that mid-range going, I think that'll be unstoppable part for you so that she was like the one that said that i love that now <laughs> your mom's amazing and you know my my daughter who's an eighth grader she plays you know three different sports and she was with one of her teammates who is a huge north carolina fan and her parents met at north carolina she facetimed you once with one of my daughter's friends i mean she's she's awesome and she tells it like it is so in terms of psychology and how it helps you in in basketball what did you <laughs> learn from your mother a lot. I mean, she is literally the best. Like, um, I go to her about anything, really. <laughs> like, just in terms of just her mind. She's like really smart, and you know, psychology is her field. So, if I'm having like you know, just like a rough day, or if I'm overthinking, which I do a lot, she can kind of just like ease my mind. Just you know, kind of just give me pointers of, um, not second guessing myself and not negative thinking. So. She did, she did a great job of just throughout my, not even just in college, but just in, in life of just like nurturing me, um, teaching me things, teaching me um, just about how to control my emotions, control my thoughts. And um, I give a lot of credit to her for that. 
I love that. I also love when you're tweeting about Drake May and he's tweeting about you. The respect there. I love the smile as I say that. <laughs> I'm a big Drake May fan. We've had him on the show. I think he's going to end up going number two in the draft. I know you're a big football fan as well. What yeah. is it about Drake, the mutual respect that you guys have and friendship for each other? And how do you think he's going to fare in the NFL? I mean, yeah, Drake is just a great person. Like, it's not I mean, I know you know, all know him for um, football and, you know, him being a great quarterback, but he's, like, just a really a great person, great friend, and um, you can see the mutual respect is there. Like, I'm really cool with him um, and just uh, super happy for his success and what he's what he has done throughout his career here at UNC. So I'm a big fan of Drake May. That's my guy. Um, and I feel like he's going to do really well. Uh, for the draft next year, and in, even in the league, like he's a a phenomenal at, uh, prospect. So I have you know, high hopes for him. All right, now you mentioned the Baylor game and the memes, so I have a couple of questions for you. Yankees okay. or Mets? I'm a diehard Yankees fan, so you you might need to answer this carefully. Yankees or Mets? I got Yankees. There we go. Favorite Yankee? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm not really a big baseball fan. I don't really watch baseball, but I'm gonna go. Um, Are you an let's Aaron? Go, let's go. Let's go, Derek Jeter. Oh, there we go. I knew. I knew that RJ was my guy. It's always <laughs> Derek Jeter. That's that. Knicks or Nets? Knicks. Were you one of those even as you're growing up in the lean years? Did you still were the Knicks your team, or did you have certain favorite players as someone who was playing basketball? So growing up, I was a big time like Derrick Rose fan. Like that was like my favorite player. Um, so I had like all his shoes and whatnot. So I was basically a Chicago Bulls fan. But at the same time, I did like the Knicks because they had Nate Robinson. Oh yeah, so, Nate Robinson, like Jamal Crawford. So at that time, and I was like a Knicks fan, but I'm a diehard Derrick Rose fan. I love that. I, I love that. Okay, favorite place to get pizza in Westchester County? Do you have a favorite pizza place? A favorite restaurant in Westchester County? Mm, I don't have a favorite uh, pizza place in Westchester County, but I would say my favorite restaurant. I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Cheesecake Factory, it's right by uh, where um by the mall. Yeah, we're in the I know exactly. Good. Yeah, exactly where it is, right by the Westchester. For some reason, like when I was like a little kid, I don't I don't know why, but the. Just the, the food, like just it caught me by surprise, and I like, I just latched onto it. I get overwhelmed by that menu, though. It's too much on the menu. Too much. It is too much. Is. But I get the Cajun jambalaya pasta, so like, that's really good. That's a great order right there, bro. Yeah. That's a great order. Now, Stepanak basketball, and that's mm -hmm. that's a different level where you played at at high school, and and people need to recognize that. What and they're still playing right now and playing unbelievable ball. What made your high school so amazing still to this day when it comes to basketball? Yeah, I mean, Coach Pat and, you know, Rod Swain did a great job of just, um, you know, how they started and, you know, where they're at now. Um, I get a lot of credit to Stepanek and just uh, of my career and how that went. I had a, a lot of the players I played with and um, classmates I went to school with, like I'm still friends and close with to this day, so – and it's not even just about basketball. It's just like the of how they, you know, shaped me into the young man I am today and prepared me for, uh, you know, college and life. Um, but you know what Coach Mazzaroni has done for that program is is huge. 
Um, and you just kind of just turn it around. I got a lot of Division One players coming through that program. Um, they're winning championships. I won a, cha a state championship in the city championship while I was there. So, um, and it's just because a lot of people think where I'm from is upstate, which is not true at all. <laughs> nothing. I grew up in Rockland, live in Westchester now. Nothing, especially you're in North Carolina. Nothing drove yeah. me crazy. People are like, oh, upstate New York. No, 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 no. That's not upstate New York. Not even close. Right. And like, so um, from my school, a lot of the, the Catholic League, um, you will always think of like, you know, the St. Raymond's, Bishop Lachlan, um, uh, Cardinal Hayes. And like no one really would ever, you know, expect Stepanek just to come through the league and just, uh, you know, dominate the way we did. So um, and it kind of just put the, put Stepanek on the map and White Plains on the map. I love it. And it really has. I mean, everyone knows White Plains. And everyone knows Stepanek. And everyone knows you, RJ. And I, I've been following you for a long time since you were in high school. And your mom is an absolute gem. And she is fantastic as an educator. I love hearing the impact she's had on you. Continued success. A lot of people rooting for you. I love watching you play. That was amazing on Monday night. Have fun against Duke this weekend. And continued success. And we'll talk to you again real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bigelow Tea. With over 150 varieties, it's no wonder Bigelow Tea is America's number one tea. Find your favorite flavor at BigelowTea.com, Amazon, or anywhere you find tea. Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug. Tea proudly. Sirius XM Podcasts. Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup Pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.